Hey, everybody, a special note. Uh, love doing this show and it's being well received, but we've got to get the word out about it. We've got to let more people know. So if you're listening to TV you grew up with, perhaps you're subscribed on iTunes, please go over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating. So hopefully a four or five star rating and a couple of sentences on why you enjoy the program. That is so crucially important because we have no marketing budget for this show. Heck, we've got no budget at all. So we're relying on you to spread the word, and that means you have to go in. And the best way to do that is to go over to iTunes, leave a four or five star comment, and a couple sentences about the show and why you enjoy it. That really makes a huge difference. You don't even know what a big difference that makes. I'd really appreciate it. Now on to this very special TV you grew up with. You've tuned in to TV You Grew Up With, where we interview the people who created the greatest TV shows ever made. Here's your host, Jim Harold. Welcome to TV You Grew Up With. I am Jim Harold, and so glad to be with you once again. And I must say today is maybe, this may be my favorite subject that we've covered so far because we love talking to all the great TV stars, but maybe my absolute favorite growing up was one Johnny Carson. Now, of course, we can't talk to him, but we can talk to someone who knows a heck of a lot about him and also someone who I I think like me is a big fan and he's really come out in a great way and created a program called The Carson podcast. It's fabulous. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend that you do. And our guest today is the auteur of said podcast, Mark Malkoff. He is a comedian and filmmaker. He's been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, NPR, and ironically, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And uh, he's done so much on the internet, I didn't even realize Everything he'd done, I knew him by the podcast, but he's created these great, funny, viral videos. He lived on a plane for 30 30 days. He took a goat into the Apple store, all of this great stuff. So you got to check that out. And we'll also ask him about all of that stuff. But uh, the topic at hand is Johnny Carson and the Carson podcast. Uh, Mark Malkoff, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I got to ask you. You know, again, you're doing all these crazy, great viral video things, and then you do an audio podcast on Johnny Carson. It seems like something that might, you know, you wouldn't expect. So why Johnny Carson? Why this podcast? I always like to follow my curiosity. My videos stem almost always from my curiosity and my enthusiasm. And, you know, I was really young when Johnny Carson retired. I was a teenager but I, I loved the show, and there was so little written about him. Um, there was never a documentary until the Peter Jones documentary came out for PBS right. American Masters. And I had so many questions. And up until Johnny's death, apparently, there were a lot of people that would not talk about Johnny publicly. And I think Peter Jones's documentary helped get people a little bit more comfortable to talk about Carson. So I just had so many questions about Johnny. And I think a lot of people that love Johnny did as well, because people have been very kind to listen to my podcast and have been very supportive. Yeah, I can't. I mean, some of the people you have gotten on this show, I am just uh, astonished. 
everything from uh, Matthew Weiner, who is the the showrunner for the great show Mad Men, which I love, and and and, and kind of in mourning because that's going to be over soon. And uh, comedians Larry Miller. I mean, you've talked to all kinds of people who knew Johnny Carson, worked with Johnny Carson. Um, it sounds like uh, people are pretty open to talking now. I think so. Getting Mel Brooks, who was the very first wow. guest. Well, he wasn't the first guest. He was on the very first show, October 1st, 1962, from Studio 6B in New York. Getting the people that were there, that, that, that knew Johnny, that had this emotional connection. I, I found that these people really love talking about this period in their lives, which it, it just doesn't exist anymore with talk shows. Now, now, then you make a good point. Now, I want to bring that up. I think that people, and I'm 45, and 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 I'm old enough to remember. But when there were, you know, the three networks, not four networks, three networks, cable didn't exist. Pretty much, it was, you know, some places had, some places didn't. But really, uh, television was like the national hearth, and you basically were watching one of three things. Yeah, there was some independence, maybe PBS, but for the most part, everybody was watching ABC. Uh, NBC or CBS and Carson just pulled down tremendous uh, shares. I mean, he destroyed everybody he came up with uh, against. So really, uh, I mean, he was a national shared experience for almost 30 years. Steve Martin called him probably the most famous man in America. And I would agree with that. He had very little competition and the competition he did have did not last the only other institution comedically I can think of that has had that long of a run it would be probably Saturday Night Live, which has had very little competition and nothing's been able to dent it. But in terms of the medium from the 50s until now, those are the only two things that had that type of longevity without any real threat. And it's, it's amazing how Carson was able to do it. And he, just from everyone I've talked to that knew Carson that's had longevity in entertainment business, they all said that there was just something about him that just made him the best. He made people really comfortable. His guests, the, the public, uh, just really took to him. He was every man. He was, a, you know, a, he had millions of dollars, probably hundreds of millions of dollars, but yet people would watch him every night and they, they saw themselves in him, this, this guy from Nebraska. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's also interesting, you know, the, the society today is so politically split. You know, either you're left, either you're right, either you're blue, either you're red. He was able to make fun of people of all political stripes, and he certainly, if you know a little bit about him, had his own political beliefs. But he was able to really appeal to no one. I mean, he was able to offend no one and appeal to everyone. It's really true. I think people that really know anything about Johnny um, in the recent years that's come out, you know, he, he, his views were more um, liberal. But if you watch the show, you couldn't tell his politics. He went after everyone, and he, he did it in a way that the country was comfortable with. He, his timing, everyone says, was just, was just impeccable, that he knew when he could make, you know, make fun of a politician, but if it, he, he never you know, made it too, too mean. And um, yeah, just the timing. I, I, I believe when um, Jay Leno was going back after uh, 9-11, Jay phoned Johnny up, and he might have talked to Jeff Sotzik, Johnny's nephew, but it was, whoa, how do I know when to go back? And you know, I think these people really look to Johnny as the sage about the, the timing because Carson was just so good about these decisions. It's interesting you mentioned Jay Leno, and I'm sure he's a great guy. Everything I've, I've heard about him, he's a great guy. But I got I to gotta say this. Um, I was such a big Carson fan. I taped the last week of shows, and I still have them on VHS 
So <laughs> as I do, as I do. And I, I, I dumped him over to DVD, but I remember watching that first Leno show. And this is what, 91, right? Uh, I believe, I believe was the year. And I fully expected Jay Leno to open up with something like this. Uh, you know, something along the lines, here's just a word to the greatest who's ever done it or ever will do it. Johnny Carson. Thank you, sir. I appreciate taking the mantle did not happen that. And I don't like to use vulgarity, but that pissed me off so badly. I could never look at Jay Leno the same again. Now, as I understand, if I understand correctly, he did that as a result of what he was told by some of his handlers. But to me that, and Hey, you know, Jay Leno is a multi multi-millionaire. He doesn't care what some guy in Ohio thinks, but for me, that was so offensive that I never looked at him the same again. Jay has said numerous times over the years that he regrets it. It was a big mistake. And I think he's acknowledged uh, many times that his relationship with his manager, who was the executive producer, Helen Kushnick, it was an unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And she was very animate about him not mentioning Johnny. The people at the top of the Carson camp were not fans of hers. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that Jay made a lot of decisions that first year uh, that he didn't agree with, but Helen just had this, this for some reason, this tight rein on him. I know one of the things Jay apologized for um, to Jerry Seinfeld, even um, last year for Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, was that Seinfeld wanted to do on his show, they wanted to do something with uh, the set of the, on the set of The Tonight Show, they wanted to incorporate it, and Helen said no to it. Wow. And Jay went along with it, and he... You know, this many years later, uh, is was still, you know, I'm apologizing to his friends. So I, I, I think once Debbie Vickers stepped up, I think that the show uh, became very different. And I think if Debbie Vickers, who worked for Carson, was at the helm as the executive producer from show one, I, I think it would have gone um, in a different direction, thanking Johnny and giving him the credit and praise that he deserved. Now, this is just from the outside looking in, but it seems like maybe... Carson did not as have as a warmer relationship with Leno, but he did somebody who's, you know, going through this long goodbye. Now, uh, David Letterman, he did have a good relationship with Letterman. They had a very good relationship. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, Dave had, had did the show dozens of times. I, I could be off on this, but it's something like he did the show. I think like seven, like 27, 28 times. And he, he, in addition to guest hosting the show, Leno did the show, Carson show, less than 10 times. Guest hosted a lot, was the permanent guest host, but didn't do the show a, a lot. I think it, yeah, it was something like that. And yeah, just didn't have the really a warm relationship. I, I think it, it was an okay relationship with Johnny, but not, um, not like Dave. I think that Johnny and Dave, just there was something about them that they took to each other. And then there was an incident that I believe Bill Carter and from the New York, who was wrote for the New York Times, wrote yeah. about in the Late Shift. And I've talked to people about this in the Carson camp, which is that there was a story planted falsely in the New York Post that NBC wanted Johnny Carson out, and John and Jay's manager um, Helen Kushnick was unfortunately responsible for planting that false story, and Jay. Well, apparently the story goes Jay was not aware of it and was very it was defensive and was in denial and Johnny knew right away that it was Helen and and um, finally Helen admitted to Jay that it was in fact him and Jay uh, did not take it well obviously so that that I think that's another reason that that maybe Johnny um, I think Jay even in a couple years ago 
said, I, you know, I was lucky Jay was even civil. I was lucky, Jay said, I was lucky Johnny was even still civil to me. So yeah, that's, that would, that couldn't have helped the relationship. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's just a case of live and live and learn, um, by all means. And certainly Jay Leno had a fantastic, fantastic run and really interested. I know, I believe he's doing some things with CNBC, but I'm interested to see his next chapter. Um, much like I was interested to see Johnny Carson's, uh, Next chapter, I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but that is, that is a question that I often wonder about. Um, Johnny Carson, 1991, signs off, and he said something to the effect, if, if I ever find anything uh, that I want to do again, I hope that you're just as gracious inviting me back in your home spot, uh, you know, thanking people for their many years of viewership, and then nothing. I mean, it the was, only, yeah, the only thing I can think of is that one little spot he did on uh, Letterman, which was great. Uh, or a couple little spots, but that's he did it. Very few things he did. Um, he did a Simpsons. He did the voice of the Simpsons. Um, that was one thing he did. And I think people were surprised he did that. And he did the thing that you're referring to when Dave Letterman was out in LA for a week. He he made a cameo, and I think he did one more cameo for uh, Letterman on camera, which was a a visual gag. I believe that Dave was his car was broken down on the side of the road, and I think Paul and Dave were fixing it, and then Johnny just right. drives by in <laughs> his car that. and. And, and, and waves and exits. And um, I think Johnny did one or two phoners where um, they, they would do these, these sketches. I think one is like, what did you have for lunch? And Johnny would call in from time to time. I think very few, but nothing on camera. But um, other than that, he, he really was more or less to me the J.D. Salinger of, of, of comedy and entertainers. I, I, it was just the, it was the hardest thing, I think, to me and a lot of America that there was this guy that that just was so loved that just he really did disappear. And Johnny loved the fact that wherever he went, people would come up to him at a gas station, a restaurant, and say, "We miss you." And just having that, knowing that that he, uh, you know, was still wasn't forgotten, um, I think meant a lot to him. And the pressure was off being behind a desk like that. I talked to a lot of the guys behind the desk, and it's just. It's a lot of pressure. It's one of the hardest gigs. Jerry Seinfeld told Conan, I could never do your gig. How do you how do you do this? Not all famous comedians can do that talk show. In fact, one of the Tonight Show producers told me a lot of times the best guest could never guest host the Tonight Show effectively. So it's a really, really hard gig. And I think um, that um, when Johnny uh, signed off, I, I think but the pressure off, I think he really, really enjo- enjoyed his his years of just... Um, you know, the, the work speaks for itself, being on the yacht, still seeing, going for lunches socially with his friends, playing poker. Uh, the last couple of years, he did withdraw from a lot of people. He was sick. That was, I'm sure, hard. But you're, you're right. He just, he, he was not, he did not show up very much at all. And, and if you think about it, maybe part of it was the old showbiz maxim, always leave him wanting more. I think so. And I, I mean, he, he said privately to his inner circle, he just didn't want to be Bob Hope or even Jack Benny, who was his idol, and right. he just didn't want to keep showing up uh, and having his game be less than it that it had to be. You know, the presidential uh, the, was it the Kennedy Center honors? He did show up for that, I believe. That was that was yeah. Very few things. No one says no to that. I can't think of anyone that says no to that. But um, I I think he 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 also knew that that television was changing, and I think a lot of people forget a year after Johnny retired. There were so many talk shows that were popping up. I mean, Chevy Chase was doing his show on Fox. And then I, I remember 
you know, Keenan Ivory Waynes was coming up doing a show. And I have to, to dig deep a little bit, but um, and then uh, there were just all these shows. Arsenio was uh, pretty popular. Sure. Arsenio was definitely a big deal. And uh, there were just a lot of shows popping up. And I think Carson knew with cable and everything. It, it's just the time. The time was 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 right to to step away. Yeah, a smart man indeed. When you think about the Tonight Show, I mean, certainly Johnny Carson was the man, and I'm sure he could have made it work with a lot of different people. But when you think about the players around him, whether it's on air with uh, Doc Severinsen, who I believe was the second, Skitch Henderson was the first band leader, but then Doc Severinsen, uh, who's I re- uh, who is the person I remember, of course, and then Ed McMahon. And uh, I don't think, and people like Fred DeCordova behind the scenes, I don't think you can devalue their contribution, even though Johnny was the man, he made the show. They certainly, you know, they complimented him so well. I think so. You can't force chemistry like that. And from what I know from talking to people and doing research, I think Johnny personally was much more closer to Doc than Ed. But um, on camera, Ed, Johnny and Ed had this chemistry and Ed 99% of the time was there to support Johnny and make him look good. And if you're doing television and a lot of stuff was spontaneous and they did the show in real time, which is mean, which means almost never if, if something was a mistake that would be in the air once in a while, Ed would step on Johnny's jokes and that was really hard for Johnny. And sometimes it had to be addressed with Ed. Um, and that that's going to happen. But I think for the most part, they they did compliment each other. And when Ed would take a night off and and Doc would be the sidekick, those were some of the best moments. I mean, he they just really, really worked. And I know for a fact, Doc was very reluctant at first when he took over, you know, to substitute for Skitch and to be to be the guy, um, the face. You know, he just wasn't used to that. He it was a really, really tough thing that Doc grew into. Doc originally was touring with Johnny. A lot of people don't remember, but Johnny was was a nightclub. Yes. He played arenas as well. And, yep. and um, Doc was touring, and that's how they really got to know each other. That's when I believe Skitch was still um, a, a, um, conducting the orchestra. Yeah, it's funny. I have an old Life magazine from, I think, 1970. Uh, original magazine. And it has a story about, I think he's playing someplace like Kansas City. And I don't think at that particular time he was the rich man that he ultimately became. He was still, you know, dealing with a divorce, I think. And it sounded like, uh, you know, maybe the, the, I can't remember exactly, but it sounded like, you know, finances were not, you know, the, you know, the, the, the seventies, eighties and nineties, uh, obviously a multi multi millionaire, but at that time it sounded like he almost needed to tour. Um, and, uh, I didn't even realize that until I read that uh, uh, read that article. Yeah, there's very little um, footage I believe that exists of his nightclub act. I know some Vegas does. His, I believe, it was his second wife, Joanne, that really was with Johnny um, when he was developing the Vegas act. And um, I know comedian Wayne Fetterman. I've talked to him a couple times, and he got to see Johnny twice in Florida and described some of these acts. But I really wish that they did exist. Apparently his nightclub act was, was very different than anything he was doing on the show for the most part. I think there were some staples that, you know, the public, when they pay to see Johnny, that they want to see that Johnny gave them that. But I think for the most part, it was a bit of a departure from what they were used to. Um, speaking of, uh, things not existing. One of the things you've mentioned uh, multiple times on the show, I think you talked to Fred Silverman about it and so forth is one of the great crimes of the, uh, century, the last century when it comes to media, in his fact uh, that 
that most of his 60s shows were erased because uh, they, they thought, well, who the, who the heck's going to want this stuff? I mean, it's it, just criminal what was destroyed. It was 1962 to 72, most of the first 10 years. There are some that exist. Johnny in his infinite wisdom when at the Ed Ames tomahawk chop. Oh. He made a kinescope. He said, I'm going to make a kinescope of this moment. I don't believe that the rest of the show exists other than that kinescope. So, yeah, I mean, talking to certain episodes, talking to Boris Karloff, Judy Garland, there's certain moments, these incredible moments that were gone, that were wiped out, that NBC just did not. I, apparently, some people say it was expensive to, to, to archive these tapes, and people just didn't understand the value, which is why I believe that Desi Arnaz, that when he wanted ownership of the Tonight of uh, I Love Lucy, that they, they said, well, what are we going to do with this? And it just revo- <laughs> revolutionized yeah. ownership, yeah. you know? Yeah, speaking of a guy that everybody thinks Desi Arnaz uh, was just Babalu. Well, I've got news for you. He was not. He was a genius. Invented the three-camera setup that's yep. still used today. Yeah. Um, Carson's personal life, obviously, uh, multiple marriages and so forth. Um, again, you never know about things you, you read. For example, I just read uh, uh, maybe a year ago the Bushkin book that came out, which is... Uh, uh, the subject of some controversy. Do you think Carson, outside of when he was on that set, do you think he was a happy man? I, it's hard to say. I mean, I definitely talked to people that were close to him that they said Johnny with, with, with them was very warm. But he, I, I talked to certain people that say he was more of a loner. Um, you know, I, I think that the Bushkin book and Lawrence Lemur's book you know, Lawrence Lemur's book, the people that actually, for the most part, there are a couple people that um, uh, that I'm going to leave out. But for the most part, the vast majority were people that were, uh, you know, they weren't Johnny's friends. Johnny's friends and family that loved him wouldn't speak to Lawrence Lemur. So it was filled with people right. that um, if you have a long show's business career, you're going to there's going to be some people that are not happy sure. with you. all those people. The whole narrative of that book were, were, were mostly people that, that were unhappy with Johnny. And that's because there really aren't many books about Johnny. There's that book. And then um, Steve Cox wrote this amazing book called, um, I believe it was something like Here's Johnny, which is more of a scrapbook celebration of The Tonight Show, but nothing about the personal life. And then Ed Bushkin, who um, Johnny, you know, fired. And basically, from what I understand, Bushkin was, you know, all his relationships were pretty much destroyed in entertainment. Not all of them, but a lot of them. He, it just didn't end well. And for, for me personally, this is just my belief, but for, 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 for somebody's lawyer to do that to a client and write about them like that, I, I just, I, I've heard that a lot of the stuff that he wrote is true. Maybe all of it is true. But I just, I did read it. Somebody gave me a copy. I couldn't morally pay for that for something like that, but somebody did give it to me. And there, some of it was fascinating, but it seemed like it was a guy who, um, you know, it just, I, I feel like that there was tension and there was a guy that... Um, Maybe he had an axe to grind. Possibly. So I couldn't read that with any, I don't know. I just, I had a hard time with it. And then you have the opposite, which is Ed McMahon wrote a book about and heavily wrote about Johnny. And it was almost like he was trying to romanticize Johnny to right. a point where I'm like, I don't, I personally, I'm like, I don't, I don't really buy this. Right. But um, it's, it's hard to say. I think that that's why there's so much fascination. I feel like Peter Jones got it uh, got his documentary yeah, it was American really Masters. well done a really really well done documentary loved it and it was to me that was the closest to what Johnny was because you, you got a lot of different people that um 
you know, um, one of his wives talked, which was interesting. And then you had um, just a lot of the people that knew him uh, the closest that were opening up for the first time. I mean, it was a huge deal for Peter Jones to be going to the Museum of, Museum of TV and Radio in, in Beverly Hills and to have Johnny's, uh, you know, his last wife, Alex, there and uh, Johnny's brother, Dick, and all these people that, had, that, that didn't even participate in the documentary, but all these people that were there and going up to Peter and saying how much it meant to them and how wonderful a job Peter did. And that, to me, Peter, what Peter did all those years writing for Johnny, I think he wrote to Johnny for 13 years or so, or eight years. He find, Carson finally called him and then took him all those years to convince, convince Jeff Sotsig to sign off on it. Peter, I mean, it was a labor of love, that thing. And I feel like what I'm doing with the podcast is the same thing. It's just a labor of love to uh, a, 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 a guy who was a pioneer in television, an amazing broadcaster. I don't know anything much uh, about his personal life, which I've read certain things. And I don't know what are, what's But it doesn't true, really not. matter. I and mean, that's not what he I'm could be. Yeah, I, I mean, my yeah. feeling is is yeah. that you're looking at the guy's work, and yes. in in his work, he can't be touched. Even Letterman, yeah. who I think. Uh, you know, some might say maybe he's lost a little bit off of his fastball the last few years, but it was incredible. I still don't think that he can come up to the Carson standard, and I think he has and would be the first person to admit that. Yeah, I think as a, as a broadcaster, Dave's probably very close. I think Johnny, this is my take on it, and I think that, that you know, it's subjective. People, I don't consider myself an expert at all. To, to me, Johnny was responsible. First of all, amazing broadcaster, incredible talk show host, to me the greatest. Um, I do think he was responsible for more creating more careers. I think Dave, and I've been saying this for a long, many, many years, which Conan just recently said, is that there is no one in the last, I don't know, 20 or 30 years that is influenced more comedy uh, right. than Dave Letterman. And I, I don't think, and I told this to uh, a couple, uh, one of my guests, I don't think jo that Johnny personally um, is a comedian probably had the impact Dave did. I think Dave had, in, in terms of the comedy, Dave was the guy that has influenced everything from The Simpsons to Family Guy to, I, I mean, we, it just goes on and on where um, Johnny's show, um, I definitely think you see that in certain, like I watch Bill Maher's monologue, he's doing Johnny. When, when Conan stares into the camera, he's doing Johnny. But um, I don't think he had the impact in comedy that right. Dave had, but in terms of a talk show, Johnny had all the impact. Yeah, the talk just, show form. Yeah. I mean, most of yeah. the talk shows you see, late night talk shows, they're essentially doing another version of the the, the Johnny Carson show. You've got the you've yeah. got the band. You've got and certainly, I mean, there were people. You know, there was Steve Allen and, and there sure. was Jack Parr. So you know, but really, I think uh, Carson solidified that uh, that format. Um, in terms of. Um, the people, something I think is really neat that you're doing is I think you're almost providing a public service and I know we're getting late on time here, but I can't help myself, but <laughs> cause I love this subject, yeah. but, um, I think you're providing a public service cause you're cataloging people like Mel Brooks and, and so forth and Fred Silverman and the list goes on and on. And you know, these guys aren't getting any younger. And, and these people aren't getting younger. So you're almost a, a media historian. Have you thought about that aspect of it? I never have. I've, you're very kind to say that other people have as well. To me, I just have. I, I just wanted to sit down with people that I admired, people that had stories to tell, and just get their stories and ask all the questions I've always been, I've always wondered. 
And um, I guess the result has been that um, I really do want Doc on the show, Doc Severance. And I've, yes. talked, to him on the, I've I, talked to him on the phone I was numerous times. I Hopefully he'll do it at some point. He's been very nice to me on the phone. And um, I definitely have a, a, a long list of people that I still want to talk to. And a lot of listeners send me suggestions. And uh, inevitably, those suggestions, uh, 99% of the time, I, I've reached out to people. And, you know, no one owes me anything. And there's certain people that just um, don't do podcasts or have no interest. And that's okay, too. But, um, yeah, the people that have said yes, they've just been grateful for their time. And I've been able to talk to more people than I ever imagined. I I bet you're surprised with the reaction to the show i'm guessing that you've gotten some feedback from people you would have never expected to hear from yeah a lot of people in all the different uh talk shows and in the industry i've heard i've heard from a bunch and i've seen that they've listened which is nice which i didn't expect i i had no idea what to expect I, you know i sat down with peter jones peter jones's episode aired later in the run but he was the first one i sat down with and i uh he was very supportive and he said tell everyone i endorse you and I feel like the Peter was the guy that really, um, after talking to him, I felt confident about going forward. But I still, because no one, for the most part, under 30 knows who Johnny Carson is. That Some amazes them, me. Yeah. I, yes, I, I just yeah. can't, I can't imagine yeah. people don't know who he is. But of course yeah. they wouldn't. How would they? I mean, it doesn't really run in repeats. How would they? Not? They, they know his name, some people, but they have no idea who he is. Unless you're Seinfeld or, or Lucille Ball and your stuff's running all the time, people forget about you. And so I just didn't know what kind of audience there there would be for something like this. But um, I, I really do like hearing from college uh, students will email me and, and they said, you know, I'd heard Johnny's name, but I didn't really know who he was. I listened to your podcast and uh, I, I've looked at clips on YouTube and it, it is really nice that, that some of the younger people through what I'm doing or, uh, or have been uh, discovering Johnny. I think we all have a sense, uh, you know, those of us who are fans, I think we kind of know who he was and you know, we know the, the stories and so forth. What surprised you? What did you, what have you learned about Johnny Carson that kind of like, Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. I think that everything for the most part, up until the Peter Jones doc was, was, I think that the media, the, the books that were coming out were mostly negative. And, um, mainly because the people that loved Johnny wouldn't talk out of loyalty. And I think talking to the people that knew Johnny and um, that were really in his inner circle, that he was much more warmer and generous. And um, just that's the type of stuff that I, 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 I'm talking to people that, uh, you know, Ruth Buzzy t was telling this story. I, I read about this. I want her on the podcast, but they had a mutual friend who was sick and was dying in the hospital. And every night after the taping, Johnny would drive to the hospital and hold their friend's hand. Wow. And it's the stuff like that that does not get written about. And certainly during Johnny's lifetime, all the millions of dollars that he was donated, that he mm -hmm. was donated, it was like a hundred million. None of that stuff was reported. He was very quiet about his charity. And it was that generosity that I think um, a lot of people, including myself, weren't really fully aware of. Uh, how have the, the people closest to him reacted? Uh, you talked about Jeff Sotsik and, and, and the, the, the wives and so forth. I mean, what, what has been their reaction to the podcast or has there been a reaction? Okay. The Jeff has been very supportive. I think he gets a kick out of what I'm doing. He was nice enough to be a guest on the podcast. I, I've asked him a, a bunch of research questions and he, he's been incredible. 
I uh, I get a huge kick out of Jeff because on the very final show, he was featured, actually. They showed their backstage retrospective on the show. So I've known who he was for the longest time. I had no idea he was Johnny's nephew or the Carson per, uh, Productions until um, much later. But um, yeah, he's been very supportive. And then Johnny's second wife, I've emailed her many times. And then finally, I, I got brave enough to call her on the phone. And we talked on the phone. And um, we'll see. She <laughs> she was very nice to me. Um, I don't know. We'll see. She she has knowledge, though, um, and stories that certain things about the show that I want to talk to. I don't care about the gossip. I don't want to know any of that stuff. But there's certain things about that she knows about that went down when Johnny first got The Tonight Show. And Ed was apparently not the first choice. And there's things like that that I need. It was Johnny's one of his best friends out West that I need, that I don't need to, but I want to talk to her about. So we'll see. I mean, you know, being persistent, I think politely persistent is part of it. So we'll see what happens. Well, I think what you're doing is fantastic. I think you're doing a public service. I think it is so great uh, that you're bringing this out and uh, giving such a spotlight to to media history and uh, really salute everything that is you do. I, I don't think it would be fair, though, to do this show without telling people about the other things you do and all these great viral videos and so forth. Tell us a little bit about that, because I, frankly, I wasn't even familiar with it until I was researching for this show. I do videos that could be some people call them stunts. Some call them challenges. If it's a slow news day, I've been on the Today Show a bunch of times in Good Morning America. I, I, I just do these video projects that just pique my interest. I, I lived on an airplane for a month to get over my <laughs> genuine fear of flying. So I flew 135 times in a month, which was a Guinness World Record. And a lot of times brands will sponsor these. So I had a, a, an airline that sponsored that. And uh, I make video content. So I, I did a video series where I lived and slept in Ikea for a week. That's called Mark Lives in Ikea. Um, <laughs> I did a video project sponsored by Ford Motor Company where I went around the country trying to convince U.S. mayors to present me the key to the city just for asking. And I got in one month, I got in 30 days, I believe 95 keys from U.S. mayors. I did insist on a small community service project in each one, which, yeah, but um, yeah, mayors just kind of threw me the key. That is awesome. Where can people find the Carson Podcast and everything else you do? So Carson Podcast is located at carsonpodcast.com. You can go on iTunes and then my website, markmalkoff.com. You can check out my work. Mark Malkoff, the program is the part of the Carson podcast, not the Parson podcast. <laughs> next, that's my next podcast. Yes, the, the Carson podcast. And uh, certainly a lot of fun to spend some time with you today and talk about the, well, the great one was Jackie Gleason, but uh, really the king of late night and the always will be Johnny Carson. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. And thank you for tuning in to TV you grew up with. I certainly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. And as I say, stay tuned. Thanks so much.